Welcome to the latest edition of the Carmichael Governance Podcast. I'm Dermot O'Carbui, CEO of Carmichael. Carmichael is a charity that provides supports to other Irish charities, particularly in the area of governance. You can find details of what we do and a wide range of free resources on our website. That's carmichaelireland.ie. You can also find previous editions of our governance podcast on our website or on your favourite podcast platform, be that SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Acast. A particular topic that we get a lot of questions and queries about, and particularly this has been growing in recent years, is the whole area of board evaluations. What are they? Why we should do them? What are the benefits? How do I go about doing a board evaluation? So we've decided we will, let's explore this topic in greater detail. And I have asked my colleague here in Carmichael, Andrew Madden, our Learning and Development Manager, to go through the whole board evaluation process from start to finish, benefits, how you go about doing it. So you're very welcome, Andrew. Thank you. First off, what is a board evaluation? Well, a board evaluation is really an opportunity for the board of a non-profit organisation to take a good, hard look at itself and look at how it operates. So it's, it's, it's about the workings of the board itself. It's not a governance review, it's a board review. So it's looking at how are we working and, 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 and very importantly, it's looking at the e- e- effectiveness of the work of the board. And it's looking, we'll probably talk it out in more detail later, but it's looking at the, the actual board meetings themselves, the paperwork, the, the people on the board, how is the chairperson chairing the meetings, um, looking at the uh, s- s- subcommittees, their terms of reference, the work that they're doing, their reporting back, um, and people's knowledge of things that they're supposed to know about the strategic planning, the financial oversight, the risk management. And it's not a governance review, so it's not looking at those things in detail. It's looking at the board members' understanding of those things. So it's a good look. Uh, it's, it's an opportunity for the board to have a good look at itself and how it operates. And why are they a good thing and, and why should every board have an annual board evaluation process? They're a good thing because they are effectively about continuous improvement. So it's an opera, so I mean, there's always going to be gaps and we're not necessarily talking about gaps in individuals' abilities or uh, skills, but there's going to be gaps on the board. And bad habits creep in. People, you know, whether it's a, 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 the way people... Uh, are at board meetings the way the way the way people come prepared the paperwork sometimes there can be a bit of a, a paper dump with the board and and and, and the board is is very uh, overwhelmed by a lot of paperwork and then they, they move away from what they're, they're meant to be doing so it's an opportunity to look at these things there'll always be things that are not being done as well as they could be but if you don't step back and have a look you're not going to identify them so you're not going to identify opportunities to fix them and improve them so it's again that thing of constantly improving yeah. looking pausing to every so often to say well what's going well what can we do differently are there things we could improve on because if you think you know i mean the board is going to be busy all the time with the strategic planning the oversight the risk everything um and it's an opportunity to not look at all that stuff and look at themselves very good um what does the governance code and the say charity regulator have to say about doing board evaluations 
Well, the the charities regulator would talk about um, the evaluations in the same the same way that we have about c- continuous improvement, um, and also not necessarily critiquing individual trustees' performances, but looking at the uh, the board as a collective and seeing where are there areas for for improvement. The code itself, there are three standards. Uh, in the code which refer to the board evaluation. So in the in the core standards, which apply to all charities, 5.9 talks about co- continuously um, our, our re- reviewing your activities and identify uh, improvements. Um, and that's as far, as far as it goes. 5.13 and 14 are the a- a- additional standards for complex charities. And that goes into more detail. It does say... C- conduct a review every year and it goes into the sort of detail of the things they should be looking at the chairperson the performance of the trustees without critiquing but just looking for areas of improvement and um, looking at the um, board papers the agendas the, the actual p- performance of the meeting subcommittees their terms of reference their performance their reporting all of that detail and it also says c- conduct a skills audit and again, you're not looking to say this trustee doesn't know enough or that trustee doesn't know enough, but as a group of people, are there gaps? Okay, very good. I, I do recall recently the charity regular talking about their initial sort of assessment of how the governance code implementation was going. And one of the biz- biggest areas they've got from queries from charities was this whole area of, of board evaluations. Yeah. It, was, it was people trying to figure out, well, what actually does that mean? Mm-hmm. Hence what we, we felt may be useful to do a specific podcast on the topic. Um, what are the different types of board evaluations that out there and, and what are the factors should a, an organisation consider when it's looking at doing its board evaluation, if it's doing it for the first mm-hmm. time? Well, there are two ways uh, to, to go about it, basically. One is to do a self-evaluation. So that might be led by the chairperson, or um, hopefully it will be led by the chair of a governance subcommittee. And um, so that's where, you, and, and there are resources on the Carmichael website, there is a resource for doing the self-evaluation, and the, um, and the charities regulator has two, two, two documents that you can use as, as template questionnaires, and you can customise them. Um, so you need a way, you need to identify, well, how do we want to make changes to the questions, send them out to the board members or charity trustees, um, and then they come back to whoever sent them out. So there is an issue there about people will want to know, I mean, if, if people may want to speak in, in confidence uh, when, they're, when they're replying to these questionnaires. So if you're doing it in-house, you've got to identify a way for people to re- respond without it being obvious who necessarily uh, said what. And um, so you can't be emailing back to the chairperson or the or the chair of the governance subcommittee. But you can use a tool like MS Forms, where you can develop a questionnaire and people can re- respond to it without it being obvious, you know, who who it came from. Um, and other tools can be identified, but that that's one that's sort of there and re- ready to go. So you just put your questions in, send the link, they fill it in. So that's the internal one, and which is fine. Um, but the other one is to get a, an external organisation to actually f- f- facilitate this process. And obviously at Carmichael, we, we, we do that too. And so we would match a, cons- a consultant with an organisation. And um, we, have, we have developed a service over the last few years. We've looked at the experience that our consultants have had in doing these board reviews and sought to improve them all the time. So we have a very comprehensive questionnaire. There's about 80 questions on it. And it's, it's looking again at the 
the, the, the performance of the board and their understanding of their governance functions. And, um, uh, and they answer these questions. And then there's also free text answers as well, so they can, they can provide some qualitative uh, feedback and, and content. Um, and then these are all collated and put into a report. There's also an opportunity for plenty of time to be given for one-to-one interviews following the questionnaire, where the consultant would have a chat with the chairperson and then individual trustees, possibly in small groups, possibly a one-to-one. It depends on the size of the organisation. And, um, and then this feeds into a very comprehensive report, which is given back to the organisation in a presentation and a facilitated discussion. Um, so it's a very comprehensive process, and that's the other way to do it. Quite, quite detailed there. But we'll take the first type first, the self-evaluation. So say there's an organisation listening to this podcast and they say, we want to do a, a, start off by doing a self-evaluation um, board, board review. What, what are the practical steps that they should think about to get this thing up and running for their organisation, particularly if they're just doing it for the first time? Well, if they're just doing it for the first time, it's to look at the questionnaire and make sure that the questions make sense for their organisation. And um, because there are things that are important to some boards about the profile of board members, for example, that will be less important to others. And um, so they want to maybe put some questions in around particular issues. Um, uh, So we have seen that. And um, so that's the first thing to take into account. And then keep the process simple. Um, As I said earlier, work in that into the process, the way of, of, of ensuring integrity and confidentiality to the process, even though... Um, if, if you're the sort of person who's at a board meeting and you're regularly talking about something and then you feed it into your, your, your questionnaire, you're probably going to be identified. So it's not always uh, going to be guaranteed that a person will, will be, will be not. But that, not everyone's bothered about that either. But where people are, you want to assure them that they, that they can respond in confidence. Um, and, and also to leave time uh, for that process to, to be done properly. You don't want quick, off-the-cuff you don't want a questionnaire that's completed in 10 minutes. So you want to invite people to com- come back in, in two or three weeks with your answers. You know, do a first draft, give the question some, some thought, some consideration, um, and, and, and only uh, do your final version and send it back when you've given it some thought. And then identify how you're going to deal with all the responses you've got because you don't have the external person. So is it probably the governance su- subcommittee uh, would be the, the ideal group of people to look at these, put, put them together, uh, and and uh, and then talk about them at, at a meeting. Preferably not a standard board meeting. Set aside time to discuss these things, but also very importantly, put a plan in place then to identify how you're going to deal with the things that you've identified need to be done. It's far very fine having a report and saying, that's okay, we're doing that very well, which is great. We're not great at that, we'll have to do better. And then everybody goes back to doing things exactly the way they used to. I, that, that, I think that's a, a, a critical point that needs to be emphasised. What you don't want is a nice report that sits on a shelf. That, that sort of, it's, it needs to be proactive, it needs to lead to action. So if yes. you keep doing the same things and you go back next year and it's the same issues coming up, there's something, something wrong. Yes. So it, it is something that... It's you're doing this to identify things you can do better or differently to improve how the organisation is run and how the, the board does its business. So it's, that's a critical thing that this is not a tick box exercise. Yes. Yeah, and I think from our experience, most organisations that are doing board evaluations would be doing a self evaluation process because it's easy 
um, uh, to get up and running quickly and it doesn't cost because you're doing it yourself. But th- there are particular benefits by having an external evaluation, even if it is once every three years. You may do two, eva- self-evaluate two, two years in the third year of doing a, bring in some of the external evaluation. What are the, the particular benefits of having an external one well, apart from it's that bit easier to to assure people of the uh, of confidentiality, but I think the real key benefit is you have somebody external to the organisation. There may be a lot of issues or some issues that are um, causing people to be uncomfortable, that are embarrassing, or that might be a source of conflict. And it's easier for an outside person to discuss these things, to raise these issues. And they're, they're not involved. There's no politics. There's no personality issues. So they're just there doing the job. Um, so it's really easier to get an external people to bring these things up, trash out the, uh, uh, f- facilitate the conversations and, uh, and help with the recommendations for actions. So that's the real key benefit. You also have... Um, certainly on the Carmichael panel you have expertise you have people who've done lots of these um, so they're bringing that expertise to your process you're doing it yourself for the first time possibly but the person you bring in has done loads of them so they know all the things they're going to come up against and how to deal with them that experience that external person brings mm-hmm. um, and their understanding of governance and understanding of, 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 of the sector is very, very important because they will have insights that they can share in terms of helping you design what actions you might take to improve or deal with a particular issue. And they are very good at dealing with the people issues because the biggest problems boards have is people and people not getting on in personalities. And the skill set to do the evaluation is not just technical, but it's actually the ability to manage that side of things and move people along and uh, and keep people on on side. That's very important. I, I agree. And I think quite often when we get involved, it's part of a wider... There's, there's, there's bigger issues. It's The board evaluation is a means to maybe surface some of the, those mm. tensions, those conflicts that might have been there for a while. And this is a process of, oh, OK, let's, let's get it out there. Let's put... I recognise the elephant or elephants in the room, yeah. and now we've got somebody outside going to help us sort of identify them but also then how we move on that you know that it doesn't sort of we've done it and we go and we don't do anything differently so I think that aspect is 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 very important one question I get quite often is when people are talking about evaluations or what the different roles what's the role of the chair or the role of the committee or the role of the secretary in the process my talk is about the different roles that might be involved and again these are all customizable to each organization but well they are they are customizable but it really should be I mean the process should be led by certainly shouldn't be led by the CEO that's the first thing it should be led by the chairperson and preferably as I said the governance subcommittee if there is one which there really ought to be and um, but really then you're just working with the if, if, if you're doing it yourself then as I said as I said earlier on about the questionnaire and so on if you're if you're if you're if you're doing if you're getting the external person in you want to really liaise with them on the questionnaire because that's the most important part because if you don't get the questions right and they're not relevant to the organization um, and a lot of them will be standard but there are there are always changes um, and people want to see people at the receiving end want to see this questionnaire makes sense to me as a board member of this nonprofit organization so that's the that's the key thing um, another thing is to is when the questionnaires are being sent out they, they really oughtn't to be sent to the CEO this is the board evaluating uh, its performance 
and um, so the CEO should not be part of that process. But there is, a, there is a, a conversation to be had between the external facilitator and the CEO with the board's approval um, in relation to the re- relationship between the board, the chairperson and the CEO, how that's going, how they feel it's going, how they feel they're being managed um, but that you know, it, there, there is a there is a, a perspective to be had from the CEO, but it's not the same as the questionnaire, and um, and you you wouldn't involve the CEO without the expressed uh, permission of the chairperson and the board. So that's important. That brings me on to a, another aspect of it is we we call it a board evaluation, and so looking at the board. But are are there others are other entities that? can be or should be included in that process i'm thinking of committees should you involve key stakeholders generally we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't involve anybody outside of the organization um it really i mean it, it is an evaluation it, it is it is even when you're getting an external facilitator they are facilitating a board evaluation of itself so it's not uh, for, there's no other stakeholders involved in, in certainly not in the ones that that we do okay so it is focused on the board you can use other Mechanisms or other things to get feedback from stakeholders, and maybe particularly when you're doing your strategy or reviewing yes. your strategy, not or not not at the board evaluation. But you would include the board committees as part of the process. Oh, absolutely, yes, they, I and mean, they are. You, you you do want to be looking at their their structure, their membership, their terms of reference, the work they're doing, and their reporting back, and making sure that everybody's satisfied. And another concern that has been raised with me is the whole, and you've touched it a bit, but. Maybe, earlier about the whole area of confidentiality because Mm -hmm. the real benefit of doing the evaluation is getting that honest, frank feedback from the individual board members into the process but some might feel that this is sensitive, this is something that there's a particular board member that is really bugging me or I feel he's not acting in a a competent way and it really is getting on my goat Mm -hmm. Um, and and, you know what, what can you do to sort of building that, 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 that reassurance around confidentiality that there is no point doing lip service by saying I'll ignore it I won't raise it because I'm, I'm afraid that it, it'll get back to the individual yeah. that I raise this issue Well I suppose once you've done your first one um, I suppose it's important that people have seen that it was actually done in confidence and nobody was identified that didn't want to be identified um, because some people might when, when you have the, the broader discussion after the report is, is read, some people might be quite happy to own some of the comments but other people might not uh, um, uh, and where, where they don't want to then it's very important that you can demonstrate that they haven't been identified so really I suppose after the, after the first one then it's a bit easier but you want to be able to guarantee people that the process that they're engaged in assures their anonymity if that's what they want and that's important, that, that yeah. in, the whole integrity of the process depends on people feeling that they can give a, yeah. a, a... I mean, if I'm the external facilitator and you're emailing your stuff to me, it doesn't matter that I know who said what. But what is important is that when I bring that back, nobody else knows who said what. Um, Carmichael has been doing board evaluations for organisations for a number of years now. What types of organisations are approaching us or asking us to help them to do their board evaluation? Um, well, they're, they're, I won't name any of them necessarily. They're, 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 they're mixed in terms of the sort of things that they do, um, in terms of service provision or advocacy. Um, uh, but they are generally sort of mid-sized organisations, um, mid, mid-sized or large, um, because it does cost, cost a bit of money. And um, so the very, very small organisations, the very tiny ones, might not have the budget for it. Um, but uh, other than that, there's no, there's no obvious trend. 
there, there are different types of organisations providing different services, doing different things, but they're non-profits, very often charities. Uh, I think they've all been registered charities, so very, very likely the code is the trigger. Um, uh, in some cases, there is an issue, as you've identified, that sometimes there's an issue and they say, well, let's have a board evaluation and let that be the, 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 the process to, to bring it all out. And, um, but I think for a lot of them, it is actually the code is the trigger. So they're generally registered charities, yeah. And in general terms, and again, you know, we, we won't be going into specific organisations, of course, but what kind of insights have organisations gained from having an external evaluation done by, by organisations like yourselves? Well, I suppose there have been trends uh, when, you, when we look at some of the ones that we've done over the last few years. Um, the first issue is um, it serves as an opportunity to, for, for the board to come back to governance and, and be mindful of the importance of their role, that is governance, it's not management and operations, unless they're very tiny. So it brings everybody back, this is actually our function. Um, have we drifted into other areas? Are we spending time at meetings talking about operational stuff, which we shouldn't be spending time talking about? So it's an, opp- it's an opportunity to focus. Um, it's also an opportunity, we see some, some uh, organisations... Um, clarify for themselves in the process what what authority is delegated to the CEO and what matters are f- decision for the board only because they can also lose sight of that as the course of as one meeting after another and they drift away and they come back to that um, and then also uh, following on from that is the um, the need to yeah, not interfere with the role of the CEO particularly. So it's, 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 it's looking at the relationship between the board and the CEO and how that's being managed and are there, are there improvements that are need, to, need to be made there. Um, and just going back to governance as well, it's, it's an opportunity also boards have identified they've lost sight of monitoring implementation of strategy. They've lost sight of it. So um, first to notice that and then think, what are we going to do about it? And, for example, to use the agenda of the meeting as a way to make sure strategy and the points in the strategy are on the agenda of the board meeting at, at every meeting. So that way they're, they're monitoring it all the time. So it's an opportunity. So some, some boards have recognised they've lost sight of, of strategy. A couple of other things. Um, some boards identify that the board rightly is so focused on governance that they sometimes lose sight of that they don't want to be interfering with operations but they lose sight of the detail what's actually going on at ground level in the organization um, at management level so they put in place regular meetings or annual meetings with individual members of the management team so they're not interfering they're hearing they're listening and to some of the and talking out what's going on in communications, what's going on in fundraising, give us a bit more detail to what we normally read about in the in the paperwork. Um, so it's an opportunity for that, um, and also organisations identify uh, our boards identify uh, an opportunity to talk about their influence on the culture of the organisation. So it's like what we what what do we think the organisation culture is. And uh, and and uh, and are we right? And if we were to ask the people in accounts what organisational culture is, would we get the same answer, or would we get a different answer? If we were asked the person on reception, or ask a service user, um, and so it's, it's an opportunity for them to also look at uh, that comes up organisational culture, particularly in the last couple of years, because um, with a lot of people working from home, 
and that becoming a trend and people not in this all in the same place if they used to be then how do you keep organizational culture right if people are actually in their bedrooms working and uh, for example and um but also boards have identified they're very often they're not there as long as other people in the organization so maybe other people the management team or staff might have been there a very long time so how do you influence culture when you're only there two years and uh, so it's to, and that's a whole other podcast <laughs> the answer to that but it's a very interesting one for boards because they realize culture is a big thing we are leading it and and how are we leading it very good yes as culture as i say is very very important but it is there's a lot of dimensions to it dimensions to it um you know, we, we, we've been working in the, the, the sector for many, many, many years, and we do recognize this huge variety in terms of what different organizations do, but in scale and size. So are there different types of board evaluations do we do? do, we do? So what are the different things that Carmichael can offer? Is, is, there a, is there a menu of options available? Well, there's not so much a menu. But there is, we've, we, as I say, we have revamped our offer over the years, making improvements to it all the time. So we have an evaluation uh, a board effectiveness review offer and a skills audit. Not everybody wants a skills audit, but it's there. Um, and it's based on around 18 and a half hours, 19 and a half hours work um, between an, an initial meeting with the chairperson uh, and others in the organisation, identifying you know, what, what they actually want done. Like for example, not everybody wants the questionnaire because they might have had one last year. And we haven't countered that. And, and it was like if you, if you were to send another questionnaire out, um, you just really just annoy your board members. So it's looking at exactly what they want. It, it, it's customizable is the key thing. You can, you can, you can uh, take out the questionnaire or leave it in or change it. You can decide you want everyone to have a one-to-one interview for half an hour. Obviously, that changes hours and cost. Or they might say, well, we'd be happy to meet in groups. Some people don't want to be spoken to on a one-to-one basis or in a group at all. They'll do the questionnaire. So it's all customizable. And then the report is very comprehensive. And then what do you, what sort of a session do you want after that? It's, we usually recommend then that you have a couple of hours with the facilitator and then trash out all that stuff instead of just hand people a report. And the other question I get asked a lot when we're talking about the, these things is, is it expensive to do? If, I'm, if we're considering doing one, what kind of budget are we talking that we need to allocate for a board evaluation for having an external provider come in yeah, yeah well if, it, if it's going to include the skills audit you're looking at a ballpark four and a half thousand right and without the skills audit it'd be it'd be probably three nine something like that yeah and that's fully inclusive fully inclusive and that includes the report and the presentation to to the board so that's yeah. that so it, it is i know for some that's a significant but you think about the importance of of the 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 activity of assessing the performance of the board. If the board works well, the organisation works well. So yeah. I think it's, it would be, it's a good investment to make um, if you can. Um, so, again, somebody might be listening to this and has got enthused by, by the whole idea and say, well, you know, I mean, maybe thinking about having doing a board evaluation, looking at the governance code which recommends it and say, okay, this year's the year we're going to do a board evaluation. But they're not sure where to start, so I'm, I'm a board member and I want to put this on the agenda. What, what sort of things should they do? To, how, where, where do they start to get this to happen? Well, really, I suppose if you're a registered charity, it's going to be the code. The code is going to be the trigger. 
And um, but even if you're not a registered charity, um, you may you may be the chair of the governance subcommittee, for example, and you're thinking, well, we do want to improve. It is this is about, as the regulator says, continuous governance improvement. So uh, all boards should be interested in that. And um, so that's your 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 starting off point. Um, and then if you're interested in Carmichael, then uh, you would just contact myself, um, Andrew at CarmichaelIreland.ie, and um, we can get the ball rolling. And we can send out the proposal, and it, that's, a, that's a conversation starter, and we can take it from there. And what type of resources are available, say, from Carmichael or the charity regulator to help you to get a better understanding about the process or how to do a process? Are there, are there well, resources apart, available? Well, apart from the document that I would send you if you were to email me, then there are, I also have a look at the questionnaires. There are, there are, there, we, have a, we have a questionnaire on the, our own resources section on the website, and the charities regulator has two, one for um, non-complex charities and one for complex charities. So that's just giving us an idea of the, the structure of the regulator's questionnaire is quite different to our own. Uh, because they've structured it around the code, and uh, which is one way of doing it. And we have a, we have a, a different sample, um, and then we have our own questionnaire, which is far more detailed. If you're having the the paid external facilitated uh, process. So to recap, this is something all boards should be doing. If you are a charity, it's something you should be doing anyway because it's part of the governance code. If you haven't started please do start and, and, and there's lots of resource and help out there. And if you do want to contact Carmichael, you can contact Andrew at andrew at carmichaelireland.ie and we'll be more than happy to explain what the process and what Carmichael do. So thank you very much, Andrew. It's been very, very helpful to get under the bonnet of board evaluations. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our latest Carmichael Governance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did... It would be of great benefit to us if you could give it a rating, as that helps to create greater awareness of these podcasts. So until the next time, Slán Gafol. Gafol.